It was a hot, arid day in Pueblo de Santa Barbara. The governor was making a visit to a local mission, one that had refused to give more lumber when he demanded it. After whipping the friars and taking their entire supply of lumber, he and his retinue now traveled on the road back to San Francisco de Asís. <sighs> Tis a beautiful land, this California. Ours it will be once it is free of Indians and Franciscans. my permission to stop? What is going on out there? Someone, update me at once! As the unnerving silence pressed in around him, the governor's outrage faded to concern. What had happened to his men? As if in answer, the door to his carriage swung open. Standing in front of him was none other than the masked bandit, Zorro. It's you! The man who forced the shopkeeper in Capistrano to give his goods away to the natives! Scoundrel! Su Excellencia. What have you done with my men? They are mostly fine, but I'm afraid none will be of service for the rest of this afternoon. If you kill me... You will bring the crown's wrath down upon your head. No, no. Nothing like that. I simply wish to right a wrong. And what would that be? This lumber. You stole it from Los Frailes. I didn't steal from the friars. California and her resources are mine to command. The Frailes got the timber. Carried it down from the mountains. It is your right to ask for a portion. Your tax. But no more. Perhaps I acted rashly. You may return half the lumber to the mission. Of that you can be sure. But there is another matter. Los Frailes, you had them whipped. They spoke back to their governor. They spoke up for what was right, and you whipped them. Cinco pasión. This is ridiculous. I will not sit here and listen to... <clears throat> there is only one way to make this right, senor. Don't... Wait! In one quick movement, Zoro flicked his blade across the governor's cheek, slashing a Z into the flesh. Madron! Bendito! Zoro tipped his hat, jumped from the carriage, sauntered past the unconscious and injured soldiers, and took the reins of the timber cart. Tornado! Vaya conmigo! A Santa Barbara! Zorro drove the cart back in the direction from which it had come, his trusted black steed following closely behind. Hello and welcome to the ParCast Thanksgiving special, Zorro, the Curse of Capistrano. This special is galloping into both the mythology and haunted places feeds for the holiday. Zorro is a beloved pop culture hero in Latin America. He's a colonial Robin Hood, taking from the corrupt Spanish governors and giving to the native Californians and Catholic missions. In the original version, he wears a wide sombrero, black face mask, purple cloak, and rides a miraculous horse named Tornado. We've yet to feature Zorro in a ParCast episode, and Thanksgiving seems like the perfect time considering his giving nature. Zorro was created by author Johnston McCulley for the serial magazine All Story Weekly. The original Zorro story, The Curse of Capistrano, was published in five parts in 1919. It's a thrilling and romantic narrative that immediately captured the imagination of its readers. Today's episode is an adaptation of that story. As a native of Colombia, I'm especially excited to bring you this Latin American tale, which was also written and researched by Latin American parcasters and features Latin American voice talent. 
Join us as we journey back to California in the 1820s, when the indigenous people and Franciscan missions gave way to encroaching Spanish soldiers. Only one man is brave enough to stand up to them. But who is Zorro behind the mask? Listen on to find out. Coming up, a beautiful woman receives an unexpected offer. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Now back to the story. Senorita Esperanza Pulido sat on her porch, looking out at her family land. It had once stretched to the horizon, but now only a meager tenth of that remained, the bulk of her estate having been usurped by the governor after her parents' tragic deaths. As she contemplated her future, she was surprised to see someone approaching in the distance. She stood up, a striking figure despite her diminutive size, she shielded her eyes and focused on the approaching figure. She was pleasantly surprised to see that it was Don Diego Vega astride a beautiful black horse. Its saddle was lined with jewels and golden thread. While the stallion cantered effortlessly, Don Diego did not look comfortable. One arm trembled, holding a parasol above his bowed head. The other struggled with the reins. Buenos dias, Don Diego. Come, come. You must take shelter from the heat. <sighs> it took everything I had to get here. But what would bring you to my humble home? Surely it does you no good as one of the wealthiest men in the land to associate with one such as I. My lady, you are of the finest blood in California. No misfortune can change that. You are kind to say so, sir. I only wish the governor saw it the same way. Since my parents died, he has taken so much of our lands. Perhaps I might be of some use in that regard. You see, now that I am 25 years of age, my father has declared that I must waste no time in finding a wife. Indeed. He make it sound a chore. Is it not? To play the guitar beneath some senorita's window and speak poetry to her? What a silly waste of time. <laughs> my, that is quite a point of view. I thought you would see it just so. It is settled then. Uh, senor? We are to be married. I trust you to make the proper arrangements. Contact the mission in San Gabriel and let me know the date and time you decide upon. Senor, there will be no wedding. I am not livestock to be purchased at a market. Have I offended? I would have thought my proposal quite pleasing. As pleasing as a piece of stale bread. You may not care for guitar or poetry, but a woman cares for such things. Without them, you're just another man who thinks he can take whatever he wants. I have erred terribly. Still, I cannot quite bring myself to do those things you ask, to prostrate myself like some hero from a song. And I am quite tired from the journey. I feel a faint tickle in my throat. Perhaps some water? No, be gone. Go back to the Pueblo and find some other woman to sit bored in your home. 
You would make me journey all the way back without even a drink or, or a smattering of food. Well then, senorita, I shall take my leave of you. Esperanza shook her head in disbelief, turning back to her porch. Later that day, while Esperanza was working in her kitchen, she was annoyed to hear a knock on her door. What was it now? Two visitors in one day? She directed a servant to answer it, and her feelings of displeasure melted. Before her stood the captain of the local guard. He was handsome, over six feet tall, with dark skin, wavy hair, and deep brown eyes. Ah, Capitan Ramon! Senorita, forgive the late hour. I am here on the governor's orders. He wishes that all of Southern California be on alert for the masked bandit, Zorro. Who is this masked man? He is a scoundrel. Just yesterday, he robbed the governor of his timber, harming his excellency and several of his men. Que horror. The governor, is he? He is fine. Just a bit shaken. Senorita, you have only your servants here to protect you. Perhaps you would be safer in the Pueblo, under the watch of my men? That is kind of you, senor, but this is my home. I've already lost much. I will not leave it. Entiendo. Pero I have another question for you. Would you not, that is, could you find your way to the Pueblo if you chose to become my wife? Senor! I admit it is sudden. But we have always gotten along well. I may not come from noble blood, but I have achieved a station for myself. I am in the governor's favor. I would need more time to think on such things. We would have to take in the air together more often. Don Diego came to me earlier today with an equally abrupt proposal. You men have no taste for wooing these days, it seems. Not so. Con su permiso. Aquí. Ramon withdrew a folded bit of paper from his coat. Un poema para Esperanza de Ramon. <clears throat> Mi corazón is like a plate of beans, full of protein and fiber. Only the protein is love, and the fiber is lust. My trousers are... Oh, Ramon, Ramon, this is very sweet. Your poetry is uh, unique, to say the least. But uh, perhaps you had best attend to your duties. You will think on my proposal? I shall. Ramon smiled and gave a quick nod before turning back into the night. Esperanza shut the door behind him, rolling her eyes. Were there no regular men in Pueblo de Los Angeles? She decided to retire to her garden and think on her suitors. Outside, she sat by her fountain, watching as the ripples refracted the moonlight at pleasing angles. Ay, Dios! Why is it my lot to suffer at the hands of callous men? If it isn't the governor taking my father's lands, it's Don Diego presuming I'd marry him. My poor Ramon is sweet, but he knows only horses and combat. Suddenly, there was a strange sound from the bushes. Esperanza turned to see a masked, cloaked figure emerge. Senorita, forgive the intrusion. You are Zorro, the man Capitan Ramon is looking for. The very same. And you are Senorita Esperanza Pulido, the most beautiful woman in all of California. Do not attempt to flatter me, bandit. I know you're kind. It is not flattery to speak the plain truth, though I fear the governor's men may have painted an unflattering picture of me. They say you attacked the governor. This is true, but he did the same to Los Frailes. I was only punishing the unjust. Then you must go. Soldiers are about. You daren't let them catch you. You would not be so cruel to rob me of this moment? To send me into the harsh night away from the shimmering radiance of your beauty? That is kind of you, but I have had quite enough proposals today, gracias. Oh? And who has asked for your hand? Don Diego Vega, 
though he certainly lacks your... pasión. Is there something wrong with the man? Is he ill? He surely must be to feel nothing at the sight of you, Beadama. Am I only my beauty? I have heard much of the unwed senorita who manages her late father's estate. Seeing you in the flesh, it is plain to me now that there is no woman in the province with a keener mind, a sharper tongue. Oh, that is... well... But still, Senor Zoro, this is not proper. Capitan Ramon was just here, and he proposed to me as well. The Capitan? Well, that is a fine man. I suppose you will return his affections? I... Let us just say that his mind is sharp, but his tongue is dull. A duller day? Well, some things cannot be helped. Por favor, for the love of the saints, you must go! Your hand? Senor? Oh, fine. Annoyed, Esperanza held out her hand. Zorro lifted up the bottom of his mask and kissed it. In that moment, Esperanza felt her heart soar as no other man had ever given it cause to. Zorro smiled, tilted his hat, and with a flash of his cloak, disappeared into the bushes. But the day was not quite finished for Esperanza, for no sooner had Zorro left her garden than Captain Ramon appeared once again. Uh, Capitan! Senorita, we have finished our search of your rancho. We see no sign of Zorro. So I thought to see you once more before I bid farewell. Thank you, Capitan. Buenas noches. You would send me away so quickly? Have you thought more on my proposal? It was not even an hour ago. Is that not enough time? Not at all. A look of annoyance spread across Ramon's face. He moved closer, causing her to retreat. You have the ill will of the governor. You should be proud to marry me. I may intercede with him on your behalf. This is all wrong. You approach me here without a servant or chaperone. You demand my love. Buenas noches, I said. As she moved past him toward the house, he grabbed her arm, causing her to yelp in pain. (laughs) Senor! You will marry me, of course. You'll be a loyal wife and accompany me to many balls and ceremonies. Marry you? I would rather die. I'll marry a caballero, a gentleman, or no man, which you most certainly are not. Ha! I see. You would rather sell yourself to Don Diego for a heftier sum. Like a flash of lightning, her hand went forward and came against Captain Ramon's cheek with a crack. Esperanza sprang backward, but he grasped her arm and drew her toward him. I shall take a kiss to pay for that. She fought him, striking and scratching at his breast, for she could not reach his face. But he only laughed at her and held her tighter until she was almost spent and breathless. Finally, he threw back her head and looked down into her eyes. Just then, they heard a voice from the darkness. Unhand her, Capitan. Who said that? None other than Zorro emerged into the garden. You. Coming up, Zorro and Captain Ramon cross blades. The Hargan women seemed to have it all. We were blessed. My mom was amazing. But detectives would soon discover... Inside the house, there were the bodies of two women. A story of betrayal you would struggle to believe if it wasn't true. I am just praying to God this is a sick joke. From 48 Hours, this is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings, wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Etsy. Looking to instantly upgrade your Mother's Day gift from typical to meaningful? Shop Etsy. Now until May 12th, get up to 30% off personalized jewelry, style, decor, and so many other items mom will love. And if you want her to know you put a ton of thought into her present, use Gift Mode. Gift Mode on Etsy takes the stress out of gifting so you can easily find well-crafted, original, and affordable pieces from small shops. 
Just tap or click Gift Mode on your Etsy app or Etsy.com. Then answer a few short questions about mom, and Gift Mode instantly gives you curated ideas based on hundreds of personas. Need something original and affordable for Mother's Day? Etsy has it. Shop until May 12th for up to 30% off gifts for mom. Terms apply. Now back to the story. Zorro, the masked hero of California, watched from the shadows as the corrupt Captain Ramon clumsily flirted with Senorita Esperanza Pulido. But when Ramon tried to force a kiss on her, Zorro could not just stand by and watch. He emerged from the shadows, announcing himself and drawing his sword. Upon seeing this, Ramon drew his own sword. The two men jumped at one another, blades rapidly crossing in the moonlight. I see you are every bit the bandito the governor said. Bandit I may be, but I respect women. Ramon was a skilled swordsman. He and Zorro danced around the garden, narrowly dodging each other's strikes, until Zorro was backed against Esperanza's rose bushes. If he sidestepped, Ramon would slice the delicate flowers. Zorro could not stomach such an insult to the lady. And so, his feet remained rooted in place, allowing Ramon to pierce his shoulder. Aha! <sighs> Senor Zorro! Well struck, Capitan. You are an excellent swordsman. But let's see how you fare on the back of a steed. A shimmering black stallion appeared at the edge of the garden. Zorro vaulted over the hedge and onto the black saddle, all the while nursing his shoulder. You would abandon the senorita. Would you abandon your chance at catching me, the governor's most wanted? Soldiers! Men! My horse! Ramon raced from the garden to the front of the house, rallying his men to give chase. In the garden, Esperanza noticed blood seeping through Zorro's cloak. You are injured. But your roses are safe, my lady. You let him stab you to protect my roses? Senorita... I would protect the tiniest blade of grass if it were yours. I will yet ensure that he pays for his grievous insult to your honor. I do not doubt it, senor. She dashed over, and Zorro leaned down out of the saddle toward her. I offer freely the kiss that he would have taken. Their lips pressed together for a breathless moment. Then Zorro readied to flee. You have my love. From now until the end of time. Senorita, that is a whim. I do not lead a safe life. You must find someone else. The women in my family do not love twice. Then I will fight ever harder to rid California of this scum. And saints willing, one day, I will return to you. They were both startled as Captain Ramon and his men came tearing down the road toward the garden. Go! Go! Yeah, yeah! Tornado! Yeah! Zorro shot out from the garden with a dozen men in pursuit. Esperanza could only watch as they faded into dots on the horizon. Zorro rode Tornado into the night. They easily outpaced the soldiers, but they were outnumbered. Ramon's men fanned out across the desert, flanking him on both sides. There was nowhere to go but forward, into a narrow canyon and a dead end. It was then that a fantastical idea struck him. We make our own road today, Tornado. Adelante! At the back of the chase, Ramon and his men watched as Zorro disappeared into the distant canyon. Perfect. He will be trapped. Do not let him escape. They spurred their horses toward the narrow crevasse and plunged in after him. 
The towering sandstone walls blocked out the moonlight, making it even harder to see. And the canyon was a maze of twists and turns. Over and over, the soldiers encountered a new blind corner or switch in the trail. One bend, two, three, then... Aha! Zoro surprised them, appearing suddenly from around the next bend. He kicked one soldier from his saddle, then struck the next one over the head with his sword hilt. By the time he reached the rest of the men, they had already drawn their own blades. Zoro raced between them, seemingly unfazed. He was so fast, they barely raised their sabers in time to block his strikes. He zigzagged through the throng until he was finally free, bursting past Ramon and out of the canyon, back into the desert. As Zorro traveled up the trail to San Gabriel, he sheathed his sword and stroked Tornado's mane, though they kept up their rapid pace. (laughs) A good trick, Tornado, but let's not do it again. The next day, Don Diego was at his mansion at the center of Pueblo de Los Angeles. He sat in his library, poring over a volume of romantic poetry. Lips of a crimson apple, drumming, drumming in the twilight. Ah, If only I could muster the courage to say such things to the Señorita Esperanza. But I would feel, well, ridículo. Don Diego was interrupted by a frightful knocking at the mansion's front door. He bid a servant answer it and was shocked when Senorita Esperanza came storming into his study. Senorita, but I thought you were quite through with me. I thought perhaps, senor, you would be interested to know of a terrible injustice that has befallen the object of your, well, if not affections, then ambition. But of course, senorita. If you speak of yourself, then I can but listen. It is the Capitan Ramon. Yes, we are well acquainted. A fine fellow, if not of noble blood. He is a monster. A brute who entered my garden and tried to force a kiss upon me. By the saints, that is distressing. Is that all you have to say? You wish me to be your wife, and he has threatened my dignity and honor. Well, I... I, of course, that is... What would you have me do? If you cared for me at all, you would march up to the Presidio and avenge me. (sighs) Avenge is such a strong word. Uh, But perhaps I could speak to him on your behalf. That is the least you could do. Very well, then. So I shall. Uh, But does this mean you are reconsidering my proposal? I... well, while I very much appreciate the suggestion, as I said... A lady's heart must warm up to such things. Perhaps we could go for a walk later. Uh, I I doubt I will have enough vigor after my walk to and from the Presidio. But it is a nice thought. Perhaps I could send one of my servants to accompany you. One of your... Senor, forget it! I will be on my way. But if you would speak to Capitan Ramon, I would be grateful. She left the room, leaving Diego as confused as ever. The Don kept his word, making the journey across the courtyard to the fort where Captain Ramon presided over his men and the jail. It was there he found Ramon furiously scribbling a letter in his office. Capitan Ramon, a thousand pardons for interrupting. Ah, Don Diego. I admit, this is not the best time, but what brings you here? I'm afraid it is a rather awkward thing. You see, the Senorita Pulido came to me. Uh, She claims that you made a pass at her in the garden last night? Ha! Now she seeks to impugn my reputation after damaging her own? How do you mean? I was in the lady's garden because I found her there with none other than Zorro. The very demon we have been trying so hard to track down. Indeed. Well, I must say I'm shocked. As was I. 
It seems she was enamored with him. Can you imagine? <laughs> so that is to whom her heart belongs. You know, I proposed marriage to the woman thinking it a sensible match. And now she has scorned you to cast aside such a worthy suggestion in favor of tarnishing her blood with that of a common criminal. Ah, <sighs> I have a mind to completely forget your alleged insult. I should hope so. Knowing that I did my duty and drove the beast from the senorita's home, I had nearly slain him when his posse arrived, making good his escape. It seems I owe you an apology, senor, to ever think that you would harm the senorita. And I also owe you thanks for warning me of her proclivities. I bid you good day. Diego bowed and left him. Once the door was closed, Ramon smiled to himself, then began to laugh. <laughs> I have soured him on the senorita, I think. I must amend my letter to the governor. I was going to throw Don Diego under the wagon with her, but he has not enough spirit to be a traitor. After finishing his letter, he made himself a copy, putting it in his uniform jacket. He left the original on the desk to be mailed in the morning. Later that night, Ramon left his office and went to sleep in his room a short distance down the hallway. As he did so, he failed to notice a shadow glide through the barracks and into his office. The candlelight flickered for but a moment as Zorro appeared at Ramon's desk. He rifled through the captain's papers until he found something of interest, a letter to the governor. It told many lies about Zorro's exploits and defamed the Senorita Esperanza almost discourteously. Beneath his mask, Zorro gritted his teeth in rage. He held the sheet of paper to the nearest candle and watched it burn. That's official mail, bandito. Zorro spun around to see Captain Ramon and his men standing at the doorway, muskets raised. If such slander is sanctioned, then truly, Pueblo Los Angeles has much to fear under your stewardship. Zorro held up his hands in surrender and strolled cautiously toward Captain Ramon, his eyes studying the soldiers and surrounding room. We have you, Zorro. Lay down your weapons, and I promise a quick death. Not today, Capitan. I plan to live a while longer, and it is I who promise to punish you. <laughs> then come at me again. It will likely go as well for you as the last time. With all your men here to intercede? I do not think so. That is not a fair fight. No me importa. I only care about stopping you. Soldados, disparale! The moment before the men opened fire, Zorro flicked his whip from beneath his cloak. It wrapped around the nearest candelabra, dashing it to the ground and extinguishing its flames. Dodging the bullets at the last second, Zorro dove into the shadows, emerging at various spots around the room, extinguishing candles one by one. The barracks were plunged into darkness. The soldiers stopped in their tracks, becoming dead silent. Only then did Zorro speak, his voice echoing off the stones. Now it is a fair fight. This is but a silly game, Zorro. There are too many of us. No puedes ganar. Keep thinking that. In the darkness, Zorro made his first attack. The soldiers jumped at the sound of one of their own being incapacitated. Who is that? Luis? Otoniel? But no one answered him. The soldiers were terrified, grasping feebly in the darkness. 
Zorro struck again, seizing a man from behind and cracking his skull against the wall. Next, he saw three soldiers in front of a heavy bunk bed. Zorro slashed the two front legs, sending it crashing down on top of them. Zorro, you coward! The captain's words stung Zorro. He wanted revenge on this man, but was he willing to get it in the dark? He thought not, especially when the sound of the alarm emanated from above them. Aha! One of my men made it to the bell. You are doomed now! Zorro could hear soldiers approaching from all around the pueblo. He needed to leave now or not at all. In an instant, his whip lassoed a chandelier. He swung over the crowd of soldiers, crashing through the front door. As moonlight flooded the room, Ramon and the remaining soldiers looked toward the exit. There! After him! The men raced after Zorro, with Ramon close behind. But as soon as they were outside, they saw Zorro already on his black horse, speeding into the desert. Ramon did not bother giving chase this time. He drew his copy of the letter from his jacket and handed it to the nearest soldier. Ride to San Francisco de Assis. Tell the governor that we need him at once. The next morning, Don Diego rode awkwardly back to Rancho Pulido. Though he had been rather swayed against the marriage, he felt it best to conclude things in person. The ride was arduous, but luckily the sun had not yet risen too high. Don Diego, you have returned. Did you speak with Capitan Ramon? I'm afraid so. It seems he believes you're in league with the masked Zorro. I... I will not deny it. It would be unfair to you. I have pledged my heart to him. Does this anger you as it did the Capitan? Diego thought for a long moment, shuffling onto the porch to sit next to her. Esperanza was slightly afraid, unsure of what he would do next. <sighs> Senorita, you have done me a great service. If the Pueblo knows that my proposal was rejected because you were in love with another man, then they will pity me and no longer wonder at my lack of passion. <laughs> I don't think I ever could have imagined such a response. You are a unique man, Don Diego. I leave you to the management of your household. May you continue to prosper. Thank you, Don Diego. Do you think me mad for loving one such as Zorro? Ah, he is a man of passion, a man of action. Your love for him makes perfect sense. But we must hope it does not lead to your downfall. If it did, I would not feel sorrow, for I would know I had been true to my heart. It is you who stands unique among women. There are few left in the Pueblo with such principles. Esperanza smiled at this. Perhaps there was some poetry in the dawn after all. She was moved to say something, but held back, remembering her promise to Zorro. Instead, she watched as he mounted his horse and trotted glumly down the road. I do hope I didn't upset him too much, but he's better off this way. He is content on his own. As Don Diego rode stiffly back toward the pueblo, he was passed by a group of soldiers on horseback led by Captain Ramon. The men flanked a military carriage with iron bars on its windows. When they turned toward Rancho Pulido, Diego pulled up on his reins and spurred his horse to follow. He was within earshot when Captain Ramon shouted for the lady of the estate, Senorita Esperanza Pulido, you are under arrest. Come on. 
Coming up, Ramon imprisons Esperanza. Now back to the story. Don Diego was still a short distance from Rancho Pulido when he saw Captain Ramon and his men dismount at Esperanza's front steps. Diego spurred his horse to a gallop when he heard the captain order her arrest. On whose authority? The governor's. He rides to town this very moment and will be here in but a few hours. Tomorrow, you will stand trial. Ramon, serpiente, what did you tell him? The simple truth that you cavort with Zorro, a known enemy of California, and are thus plotting against his excellency. Men, take her. Two soldiers came forward, grabbing her by the arms. Unhand me! Unhand me! It was at that moment that Don Diego arrived, wincing and sweating. Move along, Don Diego. This does not concern you. I should think it does. This woman has done nothing wrong. When we spoke before, I felt that you posed no threat to the governor. But now you defend this traitor? Do not give me reason to doubt you. The soldiers continued to wrestle with Esperanza, loading her into the carriage. Before Diego could say any more, they took off down the road. Ramon lingered for a moment on his horse, grinning smugly at Don Diego. (laughs) Hasta luego, Don Diego. When we meet next, it will perhaps be as equals. He spurred his horse, galloping to catch up with the soldiers and his prisoner. Don Diego hurried back to the pueblo and sequestered himself in his mansion. He was writing letters to his fellow dons when he heard the governor arrive. He looked out his window to see an ornate carriage of purple and gold clattering across the tiled courtyard. There were 20 men guarding it, all armed with swords, pistols, and muskets. Towed behind all of them was a heavy iron cannon. Saints! He means to do what Capitan Ramon cannot. Kill Zorro! As the governor dispatched his men around the pueblo, Diego trudged across the courtyard and extended his hand in greeting. Bienvenidos, governor. You grace Pueblo de los Angeles with your visit. Up close, Diego saw the man's face was haggard, and not just because of the swollen, scabbed-over Z cut into his cheek. He had dark circles under his eyes and looked like he hadn't slept in a fortnight. I wish it were under better circumstances, Don Diego, for it is lovely this time of year. Alas, it falls on me to put an end to Zorro and sentence the Senorita Pulido. Ah, the mention of her name reminds me that I must say a few words. Oh? It is annoying, but my father has demanded that I find a wife within the year. I have spent a good few days attempting to woo the Senorita Pulido for precisely that purpose. Now she has been arrested. It desolates me that you have been annoyed, but you should be grateful that things did not go any further. She is an enemy of the state. So I have been told. But will it be popular? Arresting someone of noble blood? (laughs) What is popular is of no consequence. I should hope that you would want to see the enemies of California punished. All real foes of the state should receive punishment. (laughs) I am glad that we agree. Now... Seeing as your proposal was never accepted, I do not think it impugns your honor that Senorita Pulido now sits in carcel. Carcel? You put her in jail? But of course, a fitting place for one who cavorts with criminals. Now, let us speak on it no more. Please tell your father hello for me. I am to visit him when I finish this cursed Zorro business. I will leave you to it then. Diego bowed and took his leave.
That night, Diego and a faction of other dons gathered secretly at Rancho Pulido. They were outraged that the governor would dare to place a noble in jail before she even stood trial. After much discussion and wine, the men couldn't decide on a course of action. Even though they were wealthy titans of California, no one wanted to be the first to stand up to the governor. So the debate and drinking continued late into the evening. After a while, Don Diego could barely keep his eyes open. He retired to one of the upstairs bedrooms while the men continued to quarrel. The arguments stopped suddenly as a shadow passed over the room, causing the candlelight to flicker. There, in the blink of an eye, at the head of the table, appeared Zorro. Dons of Pueblo de los Angeles, hear me. You sit here and cluck at each other like gallinas, while the fairest among you sits in a jail. Many took offense to this, some even drawing their swords, but Zorro stood firm. Do not raise a hand to me, but to the one who insults your very breed, the noble blood that runs in your veins. A league of you, standing together, could bring the governor to heel. He would not dare go against so many powerful families. This gave some of them pause, but they still hesitated. Several glanced amongst each other, looking for someone to lead them. Zorro shook his head in frustration. I will lead you. I have a plan. Just be ready for my signal. While the men saddled their horses, they forgot all about Don Diego sleeping upstairs. They were too excited by Zorro's plan. It was the first time the Dons were united, and they were ready for action. Meanwhile, the masked man galloped back to the pueblo, arriving in the shadows. He crept over to the mansion of Don Juan Estado, who had agreed to house the governor during his stay. There were soldiers posted around the perimeter. Zorro shook his head. That wouldn't do. He undid his purple cloak, fastened it about Tornado's saddle, then he whistled. Adelante! Tornado raced along the wall of the mansion, Zorro's cloak flapping behind him. As Zorro hoped, the guards gave chase, hollering that they had Zorro on the run. With the perimeter clear, Zorro scampered over the back wall, up a trellis of bougainvilleas, and through a second-floor window. Once inside, he tiptoed to a vantage point at the top of the grand staircase. From there, he could see Don Estado, the governor, and Captain Ramon seated around a table in front of a crackling fireplace. Zorro cocked his pistol and leapt down to spoil their evening. Uh, heavens! Animal! Su Excelencia, I have no quarrel with Don Estado, and so if he sits quietly in the corner and behaves, then no harm shall come to him. There are some truths that need telling. You Dare! Capitan, though I wish to fight you fairly in a duel, it would give me no small pleasure to fill you with hot lead. Kindly keep your mouth shut until I am finished. Now, Governor, I believe you have been told a version of events that is not entirely accurate. Though the Capitan did encounter me and the Señorita Polido in her garden, we weren't conspiring together. Rather, I came across this scoundrel forcing himself on the lady. Liar! I said to keep quiet. However, now I wish you to speak. Tell the truth. If you do not, I will let loose my pistol. Ramon hesitated, looking anxiously between Zorro and the governor. Well, Capitan? I... very well, yes. He speaks a certain truth. You swine! I'll allow no such man to serve me. Then you will free the senorita. <laughs> I think not. She has still spoken against my rule many times, and in favor of your thievery. I'll have her name in the dirt next to your corpse! I am sorry to hear you say it. But for now, let us end this talk. Your Excellency, I will have you sit over there, next to the dawn. Now, as for you, Capitan, you insulted a pure and innocent girl. My shoulder is healed now, and you wear your blade by your side. Such a man as you is not fit to breathe God's pure air. 
This country is better for your absence. On your feet, senor, and on guard. Captain Ramon was white with rage. He knew that he was ruined. He had been forced to confess that he had lied. He had heard the governor remove his rank, and this man before him had been the cause of all of it. He sprang from his chair, drawing his sword in furious attack. I will have your head, curse of Capistrano! Zorro gave ground before this onslaught. He was skilled with a blade and had fenced for his life many times, and he knew the danger in the attack of an angered man who did not fence according to the code. He also knew that such anger is spent quickly, and so he retreated step by step, guarding well, parrying vicious strokes, alert and waiting. The governor and Don watched from the corner. Run him through, Ramon! and I'll reinstate and promote you. Zorro knew that he had lost to Ramon once before and did not wish to give his opponent any advantage. The pistol he had in his left hand was weighing him down just enough to slow his parries. And so he cast it into the fire. The gunpowder popped and the metal and wood groaned. Zorro pressed forward. Fight, insulter of women. Fight, man who tells a falsehood to injure a noble family. Fight, coward. Captain Ramon winced at the stinging barb. The tide of the battle had shifted, and Zorro was no longer giving up ground. The bandit's blade darted around his own, searching for an opening, and Ramon was growing tired. Bullets of sweat ran down his brow. His breath came heavily from between his parted lips. His eyes were bright and bulging. He knew he had to end the fight quickly. Captain Ramon summoned his last bit of strength and attacked again, fencing with what skill he could command. He lunged forward and stumbled a fraction of an inch further than he'd intended. Zoro saw the error in an instant. Like the tongue of a serpent, his blade shot in. Thrice it darted forward, and upon the brow of Ramon, just between the eyes, there flamed suddenly a red, bloody letter Z. The mark of Zoro. You wear it forever now, Capitan. Zoro's blade shot in again and came out dripping red. The captain gasped and slumped to the floor. You have slain him! You've taken his life, wretch! Zoro looked down at his fallen foe. He regarded the governor a moment, then wiped his blade on his sash before returning it to its scabbard. My night's work is done. And you shall hang for it! What was that? I sent a signal, Your Excellency. My horse, Tornado. You see, the rumors that I had a band of compañeros at my beck and call were entirely false. Before. But you and your capitán here have drove me to consider that I might have use of such friends. The doors to the front of the mansion crashed inward, revealing a band of caballeros dressed in masks and cloaks, exactly like Zorro. Impossible! The caballeros entered, blood on their blades and soot on their shirts. Then the crowd parted, and Esperanza emerged. <gasps> Zorro! She raced forward, and he took her in his arms. You will forgive me, senorita that I could not come to your rescue in person. I felt that my place was here, avenging your honor. She looked down at Ramon's corpse on the floor. Avenged indeed. I cannot say I will miss him. It was your love that gave me strength. I am glad to hear it. And if this is the end, I am happy to be here, by your side. The end? None of these caballeros have anything to say about it. What say you all? At first, the men looked at each other anxiously, but then, one by one, they removed their masks. The governor gasped. 
he recognized many familiar faces from the noble families of Pueblo de los Ángeles, powerful men he would not dare to cross. It seemed that his grasp on the state was not nearly as strong as he'd supposed. Caballeros, you are in league with this bandit? But why? What, what did I ever do to deserve your wrath? It is you who is the bandit. You beat and stole, lied and cheated, hurt our native servants and behaved sacrilegiously toward the frailes. And then you put this remarkable woman in carcel. Carcel! If I had known that my actions were being perceived this way, I, I would have... I, I might have... The time for excuses has passed. What will you do about the present situation? What would you ask of me? A pardon for the senorita, and of course for all of us here. And a promise that you will be fair in your dealings going forward. You have it, of course. All of it. The noblemen, Esperanza and Zorro, all cheered. And now, Zorro, surely there is no need to continue wearing your mask. I would know who has beguiled me these long weeks since you first struck in Capistrano. I am sure you would. But I will keep my secret so that you might always know that Zoro is out there, waiting to return should you not keep any of your promises. Should you ever threaten California again? Fine then, Senor Zoro. But if I keep my pledge, you must pledge to no longer steal and maim. Give me no cause to, and all will be well. You have me at an impasse. We shall have to see who between the two of us breaks his promise. It will not be I. With that, the governor strode from the hall, heading out the broken front doors. Where are my men? I will return to San Francisco de Assis at once! And I am not paying for this door! The caballeros made various gestures and curses in his direction, then turned their attention back to Zorro and Esperanza. But, my love, would you not show me who you really are? I would know who it is to whom I have pledged myself. Senorita, that I cannot do. Though you should never doubt my love, understand that it means I cannot put you in any danger. Which is to say, you can never know who I am, lest the information make you a target for one of my many enemies. No! I cannot bear it! But you must. A masked bandit is no kind of man for a lady such as you. You must let me go. Find love in another man's arms. Never. As I have said, a pulido loves but once. If you love me, then you will find it in your heart to love twice. And now I must leave you. I leave all of you to remember what you did here today. You are stronger together than apart. Never allow the men of Europe to dictate your futures. Viva California! Viva Pueblo de las Angeles! The caballeros shouted in praise and followed Zorro out into the courtyard. He summoned Tornado and climbed into the saddle. Every citizen in the courtyard waved in admiration, save for Esperanza, who was heartbroken. Adelante! Yeah! Yeah! Zorro raced out of the pueblo and toward the setting sun. This was not to be his last adventure in California, far from it. But for now, the people were safe. It would take many years before they won their independence, truly uniting as a people. But from this day forward, they knew, wherever injustice reared its head, Zorro would be there to punish it. Today's episode is a close adaptation of the original Curse of Capistrano story. We've streamlined it and tweaked some characterizations, but the basic structure is the same. The novel holds up extremely well, considering it was written over a hundred years ago for a cheap adventure magazine. It's no wonder that Zorro went on to become one of the most iconic characters in popular culture. 
By 1920, the story was being adapted into a Hollywood film starring Douglas Fairbanks. Since then, Zorro has been featured in hundreds of novels, comic books, TV shows, and films, and has gone on to inspire the creation of even more masked crime fighters like Batman. This makes sense, as many of the themes present in The Curse of Capistrano are timeless. Treating your fellow man with respect, keeping your word, working together toward a common goal, and, of course, the power of true love. For as excellent as the action in The Curse of Capistrano is, it's the romance between Zorro and his love that really makes the story sing. The noblewoman foregoes any sense of decorum, any prejudice, and pledges herself to the man who does what is right. Perhaps such an accepting attitude can be extended toward your own loved ones this Thanksgiving. Thanks for listening. Just kidding, we've got time for one more chapter. One day, not long after the dust had settled in Pueblo de los Angeles, a carriage arrived outside the mansion of Don Diego Vega. A servant opened the carriage door, revealing Señorita Esperanza Pulido as beautiful as ever. She was welcomed into the home, but Esperanza was surprised not to see the Don. She wandered the halls until she found him in the study, reading poetry, of all things. Señor? Señorita, I did not hear you come in. To what do I owe this visit? I hope this does not sound too callous of me, but I thought perhaps... Perhaps we might give our courtship another chance? I, I know I told you my heart belongs to Zorro, but I realize now that he is betrothed to another. Really? That scoundrel! Who is this mystery woman? California, of course. His first and true love. Ah, then he is a fool. Señor? Diego closed his book, standing up and taking Esperanza by the hand. Any man who would choose this wild, unkempt territory over one so perfect, so kind, so impossibly generous as you is, well, forgive the expression, a stupido. Do not insult him. He is our savior. You do not have the right. Oh, I think I do. Leading her by the hand, he took her across the study, and then, strangely, he pressed against the side of a bookcase. The bookcase slid to the side, pulled by some invisible mechanism. Behind it, a set of stairs led down into a dark cavern. Senorita, I have something I wish to show you. Would you accompany me? They traveled down, down into the darkness. Just when Esperanza was sure Don Diego was leading her into some kind of trap, a flame bloomed in front of her. Don Diego held a torch. He touched it to a nearby brazier, which engulfed a crescent of oil, filling the cave with brilliant light. In the center of the cavern, on a wooden platform, stood a mannequin sporting three things, a wide black sombrero, a face mask, and a purple cloak. Esperanza's eyes widened at the sight. Oh, senor! You, you are... But how? Ten years ago, I was but a boy of 15. I already saw how the men of the Spanish crown mistreated my native friends and the Franciscan frailes. My father always encouraged me to stand up for what was right. He was never afraid to voice his displeasure with the governor and the crown. And so, I started to train, learning riding and fencing from the best teachers in España. Then, I returned here to California, playing the fop so that no one might expect that I was Zorro. To hear you say it, my heart is... Well, Diego, I do not know what to think. You have been toying with me! I regret doing so but I have had to think quickly in the last few days. Once my father commanded me to marry, I was faced with a conundrum. For what woman could I trust with such a secret? And so I sought to test you. 
and to my great astonishment, you readily accepted the brave Zorro over the wealthy Don Diego. Not only that, but you taught me to appreciate poetry and music, the things that make life worth living. To my great shame, I had to rebuke you in front of the Dons that fateful night in the Pueblo. I dared not allow any to think that you belonged to the bandit Zorro, lest you become a target for his enemies. I... I can accept this. And I understand that it is no small thing for you to trust me with your secret. But if we are to love, there can be no more secrets between us. On my honor as a caballero, there never shall be again. Then, caballero, I believe I am owed a kiss. Indeed? Then by all means. The couple embraced, and there was suddenly a new source of heat in the cavern. Thank you for listening to our ParCast Thanksgiving special, Zorro, The Curse of Capistrano. You can find more episodes of our many Spotify originals from ParCast, available for free exclusively on Spotify. Happy Thanksgiving. Nos vemos la próxima vez. Mythology is a Spotify original from ParCast. Executive produced by Max Cutler. Our head of programming is Julian Boireau. Our supervising sound designer is Russell Nash, with Nick Johnson as our head of production and Trent Williamson as our senior production specialist. Ryan O'Leary-Jones is our supervising editor and Derek Jennings is our writing lead. This episode of Mythology was written by Greg Castro, edited by Adam De Silva and Andrew Kelleher, fact-checked by Bennett Logan, researched by Adriana Gomez, produced by Freddie Beckley, and sound designed by Brian Golub. It stars Tommy Arciniega, Joe Hernandez, Melissa Medina, and Charlie Wess. I'm Vanessa Richardson. <laughs> <laughs>